Well, I can also tell you another thing that happens in these markets is that the property values don't boom. I don't care yeah. what's happening around them. They don't boom. Mm -hmm. They may go up a little bit during a boom just because, but they don't boom ever. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips here with Heather Marchant. Hello. Well, we have to start the show off today with an apology because we missed for the first time in two years. <laughs> I think so. Our Monday. I Release. doubt we're actually recording on the day this is supposed to go out and we missed. I do have a really good excuse, but we apologize for missing with you guys because we've never done that before. Holy crap, Heather. I know. It's um, just, this isn't like a good feeling, but it is not. We're usually <laughs> um, several weeks ahead and we kept thinking that we were going to be okay. And well, it turns out I got Corona COVID-19 two weeks ago. Have you figured out where you got it from? Do you think it was? No, I have no, I have no clue where I got it. Mm -hmm. not, not to mention that I probably wouldn't have gotten tested for probably seven or eight yeah. days in, which means I would have spread it for seven or eight days. I mean, exactly. already I spread it probably for three days because for the first few days, I didn't realize I had anything. Then I got smacked with the exhaustion right now. I had it pretty lucky because I didn't end up in the hospital. I never ran a temperature I literally was just completely wiped out of energy. I had none. And my brain wouldn't work. So we were going to record last week, but I, can't, I couldn't form a complete sentence. <laughs> Others like, you can't record. This will be embarrassing. I would almost rather do it myself than saying, Ron, what do you think about that? And waiting. Which Heather may have even suggested, and I wouldn't even have known. I was kind of out of it. So. <laughs> anyway, I'm feeling very good now. And somehow magically two people out of the five in my family did not get this. The other two did, and they are probably three days behind me. So they still don't feel very good, but alas, we are here. None of us have gone to the hospital, knock on wood. And so we're going to consider this a win. Now I think I can wander around mask free. I couldn't possibly infect anybody. And I don't have to be concerned about getting infected. Somebody's going to For a little out. while. It's oh, you don't, you jerk. You have to wear your mask. It's a good feeling to not have to worry about it for 90 days it, or whatever. It most definitely is. So anyway, that is my long-winded excuse uh, to everybody. <laughs> and I just wanted to make sure that we got that out there. I really apologize, but we're back. Here we are. So I yeah. think this will probably air tomorrow and that'll be Tuesday. So it'll be a day late. Really apologize. We won't do that again and we'll get ahead of schedule. All right. Yes. Lesson learned. We've yes, been, we will. Yes. We've beaten ourselves up now all day. So <laughs> Um, in addition to that, this week we are we're running a live cash flow property challenge on our Facebook group. And so we've been doing that for the first part of the day, which meant we couldn't even get it out this morning so that it could have gone out on Monday. It was just a big. So anyway, we apologize for that. But we have something really cool to talk about today. Thank you for showing up and listening anyway. And please don't keep us a secret as you guys have been awesome at sharing and telling everybody about us. So Occasionally, yeah. Heather, we get texts from some of our favorite clients. They text us with things. And this one I loved. And actually, mm -hmm. Heather and I were both on the same text thread. So yeah. thank you. You know who you are out there for sending us this <laughs> article. But this is a really cool article. And I, I think everybody on here is probably going to enjoy at least our commentary on this. Maybe some of what's in this article is really good. 
Yep. And, and we'll post a link to the article in on the YouTube channel at least. So yeah. you can grab it and take a read. So the headline is I own six homes and lost it all with real estate investing. That probably doesn't make anybody want to invest in real estate. But I think there's some pretty important lessons in here. I think we should cover some of them. And then he gives some lessons that he learned, which I mm -hmm. think is really cool because this guy didn't stop investing in real estate. He just learned some lessons and moved on down the road. Yeah which is what winners do. So kudos to this guy. He worked a full-time job, Heather. I mean, he was like he said he equity had an analyst and an economist. So he understood numbers. I mean, he understood economies. He understood how to analyze things, obviously. And still somehow magically he lost everything with real estate. I mean, he, he had some knowledge behind him at least, right? I think that's usually the story you hear is, and what my clients will tell me, like, I'm afraid of what I don't know and making a mistake because I don't have enough information. Right. Yep. So this guy, I don't feel like was necessarily in that camp. He said he had an internship as a commercial real estate agent in his third year of college. So he had some real estate knowledge as well. So well, he, he wasn't he flying blind. The guy knew real estate. Okay. But knowing real estate and owning real estate and managing real estate, running real estate is a whole different ballgame. Okay. Yeah. He says real estate investing isn't all it's cracked up to be. It's not the miracle you hear on infomercials. And, and we agree. This is the get real show. It is not, generally speaking, what you hear on the late night infomercials. It's just not. Those guys, <laughs> yeah. and, and we've knocked those people before. And the reason is because they make it out to be so super easy. It's yeah. you know simple. You can do it in your sleep four hours you're a week. You're an idiot. Yeah. You're an idiot yeah. if it's a well, problem. or Nothing in real estate works that way. It's That's not. <laughs> how it is. Okay. And so especially flipping real estate, rehabbing, wholesaling, all that stuff, you can't four hours a week ain't going to get it done. So there's some real for you. But this guy had a little more smarts than I think most people who buy the late night infomercial stuff and still managed to lose everything. He said uh, that he was working 20 hours a week on top of his full-time job. So the 20 yeah. hours was on his rental portfolio. Now, to put this in proper context, this is in 2003. Okay. He says the residential market was just starting to heat up. Yeah. I mean, 2003, it was, it was okay. Uh, it didn't really ramp up until five, six, and seven, but he started with 30 grand. Okay. So as he's saying this, he started with 30,000. He saved while he's in the Marine Corps. Okay. Thank you for your service, man. And I understand. And when I got out, I tried to buy a fourplex and live in one with my VA loan. So I understand, I get it. So he started out with 30 grand. He bought two houses with 30 grand and then a couple of foreclosures, he said. So he bought them in a cheap neighborhood, he said. And I'm guessing not in a great cash flowing market though, because he said he couldn't afford to pay a property manager given the property's cash flow. So he didn't buy in a good cash flowing area. I doesn't I don't think it says in here where he owned, but he didn't have enough cash flow to hire a property manager, which is a problem. Yeah, so we made a few mistakes. Okay. So I'm taking this on what it says in this article. Okay. So in the article he said he started on less than thirty thousand dollars that he had saved up. Now I don't know how much reserves the guy had, but if what you've saved up is 30 grand, you can buy a property with that, but you also have to make sure you understand what your reserves need to be. And then the second mistake is that he bought 
a couple of foreclosures on the cheap in a neighborhood that most investors were avoiding. And there's a reason why most investors avoid certain neighborhoods. And mm -hmm. uh, you can ask me how I know that <laughs> where I started. <laughs> and I can tell you that if you have to carry a gun just to go look at houses, you're probably in the wrong neighborhood. I'm just going to tell you that's probably how it is. He says, this would be one of my many mistakes. And he was trying to build a portfolio fast. And sometimes in almost every instance, that's not the best way to go. He, he, he said that he had, oh, yep. he had a hard time keeping up with self-managing and didn't do a great job, probably because they weren't in a great area that he was spending that Definitely much time. Definitely because they weren't in a great area. Because let me explain to you, I can tell you what happened here. And <laughs> yeah. he, he doesn't go into great detail about what happened with his properties, but I can tell you what happened. Because if you are in a cheap area yeah. that most investors <laughs> are avoiding for rental properties, well, there's a reason they're avoiding it. The reason they're avoiding it is because A, the people who live in that area are way more transient. They lose their mm -hmm. jobs. They move because he didn't have a professional property management company. He probably didn't screen his tenants very well. And so he has deadbeats move into the house, stay there for a few months, tear everything up, and then they leave. And when they leave, now he's got to go back in and fix the property up again. You do that two or three times in a year, you've lost money period. And Doesn't he works full-time. So it's on the bottom of your to-do list. He said it would take yeah. him a couple months to get them rent ready again because he was just busy at work. All the while you're making payments. Yeah. So there's a comedy of errors here. And it mm -hmm. started with, I'm going to build a portfolio as fast as possible when I've only saved 30 grand. And his next challenge, in order to do that, you have to go find properties that you can do that with. Well, they're in an area where you probably shouldn't have bought the properties to begin with. Yep. And then he's trying to do all of this in his spare time and he doesn't have any spare time because he's got a full-time job. So anyway, he even rehabbed the house. I mean, he started this whole deal. It says it took him six months to remodel the, just, just a little bit less to, than six months to remodel the houses. And the people that I know who remodel houses, especially little houses like this, I mean, that shouldn't take yeah. more than 30 to 60 days. I was going to say 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just shouldn't. Okay. Property prices were booming. He figured nothing could go wrong because you could always just sell. Well, I can also tell you another thing that happens in these markets is that the property values don't boom. I don't care yeah. what's happening around them. They don't boom. Mm -hmm. They may go up a little bit during a boom just because, but they don't boom ever. So when um, he go when things are going south and he goes to sell one, he's not selling for this good profit to help cover his losses. So mm -mm. further setback, right? In addition, who's going to buy them? Mm -hmm. He already said that investors are avoiding it. If the investors are avoiding the area, then who is it that's buying houses yeah. there? All yeah. of the bad credit people that he has for tenants are trying to buy houses. Anybody with decent credit is moving out of that neighborhood, not into that mm -hmm. neighborhood. So he's made a cacophony of errors at this point. It's tremendous the amount of errors he's made. Now, the headline of this, I'll remind you, is I owned six homes and lost it all with real estate investing. Well, yeah, yeah. and you made a lot of mistakes like right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. right out of the and he admits it, which I think, like you said, I give him credit for. And I think I a lot of our clients will, I've had this happen over the years. It was more, I would say a few years ago than it is right now. I feel like real estate in general is more popular than it has <clears> been. <throat> but I would talk to clients and they would be so excited about what real estate could do for their future and for their retirement. And they would go and have some buddy or relative tell them, well, my cousin lost their shirt in real estate and their stories are plentiful. But most of them are riddled with things like this. When I get down in, into the details, most of them are things like this. 
And I mean, he says that my biggest mistake is a trap many fall into one created by the get rich books and promoters because they say that real estate is a passive income source where all you do is finance a portfolio of rental properties and wait for the tenants to pay off your mortgage. And while yes, there are people out there who say ridiculous things like that, everyone should know yeah. that's not really what happens, right? Exactly. Exactly. I like that he shares a list of his things, tips, I guess, for other real estate investors. And he says, consider basically having mentorship, having someone, either another investment group or some kind of mentorship, which I find interesting because most of our clients that work with us have told us that they've wanted to and have read all the books and have had the interest, but haven't taken that first few steps because they've needed someone to help build the team, to help them be successful, the property management, things like that. So I think that was interesting that that was his first of five takeaways was find a mentor, basically someone that knows more than you do and that they have the team. He says specifically investors, contractors, property managers, real estate lawyers, right? So these are a team to help you be successful, which I think also is from client feedback. That's what they've told us that we help bring to the table that they wish they would have had sooner. So, so important. It's so important. Now, so even still, is it passive at that point? Well, no, not entirely. Mm-mm. I mean, not entirely. You still have to manage your portfolio. You know, a couple of partners and I own 60 houses in Memphis. Man, we've had some problems with those houses because we bought them. We knew that people are going to move out. We're going to have to rehab them and things like that. Well, we scheduled a a weekly call at one point when we had quite a few vacancies and we were rehabbing quite a few houses. And our weekly call was less than an hour and it was to get the team on the right page. And then they went and did the work. So yeah, okay, well, it's not passive, but I didn't have to get on a plane and I didn't have to fly to Memphis and I didn't have to swing a hammer. I didn't have to do anything this guy is doing or said that he did. None of it. Now, I did have to get on an hour call once a week. I mean, How long did that last? About a month and a half till we were like, hey, this is, you guys know what you're doing. So we're, you know, we're good. And then it was, they'd email us every week and tell us what's going on. And we had a tracker that we used that they updated and we could see what was going on. So I find that to be pretty passive. Yeah. But is it 100% passive where you don't do anything? No, of course not. And anybody on late night infomercial or, or that wrote a book that tells you that it is, is lying. It's, it's not that easy. You know, sometimes you have to jump in. I was just joking with Heather this morning that it's freezing cold. Probably where you are as you're listening to this, it's ridiculously cold. Well, I woke up this morning and I was like, someone had posted on Facebook that Houston was like zero degrees or negative something. And I went, holy crap, I own property in Arkansas. And it's, listen, Houston and Arkansas, like Texas, they're not yeah. built for this. Nobody knows how to even handle this. I came here to Charleston three years ago and we had a crazy snowstorm for two weeks. It was below freezing. No one here knew what to do. Nobody. (laughs) They put the water heaters in the attic, like it's in the roof and all of the water lines are just exposed up there. Right. So it froze in our house. And this happened at my properties down in Arkansas too, a couple of years ago, because they're just not built for that. Well, so I had a freak out session this morning because two years ago I had nine units flooded with water because nobody even thought that this could possibly happen in Arkansas and they didn't know what to do with it. So this morning I texted my management company at like six in the morning. I'm like, Hey, I just checked. And it's like negative two there. What did we do? And well, last Friday they had said, Hey, bad weather's coming. You guys need to drip your faucets. And they sent out all this stuff and they checked all the vacant units to make sure that they were taken care of. That's what they're supposed to do. So, I mean, did I have to wake up and go, Oh my gosh, this could happen again. 
Yeah, well, okay. But I still think that's relatively passive. Yeah. And they were already on top of it and already had taken care of it. Yeah, they already had. But even when I had the nine that flooded, I didn't fly there. I mean, I, I was on the phone more than I would normally like to be on the phone for those, but... I didn't do the work. They lined people up to do the work. My job is to make sure they're doing that right, that they're not overspending money and that, that the insurance thing gets filed properly. And I'm talking to my insurance company and things like that. That kind of stuff happens with a property, but 20 hours a week. Yeah, that's a lot. And I mean, for only that many doors too. For myself, I have a vacant, well, a tenant not paying right now. They contracted COVID in December and they're trying to get on a payment plan. And I'm emailing once a week and I'm saying, hey, can you tell me what's the update? What's happening? Have we arrived at a payment schedule? Have they made any payments? Because they manage other properties. There are humans involved. Errors happen. And I don't want to be that, I guess, client I've talked to in the past <laughs> that six months later is saying, what in the world? When I'm just reminding them that I'm aware and can you please help me out? Are they on top of it? Every time they've been on top of it, but you don't want to be asleep at the wheel. Nope. And there's a couple of other things I think we should touch on here. And that is, it started selling my properties in 2006, but the damage was already done. And he could only sell a few properties for the mortgage value when the housing bubble burst. That was two full years away. Yeah, that's a good point. But the problem is if it takes you six months to get your house right mm -hmm. in order to sell it and you have five of them, well, and you don't have any more money, you're probably doing all the work yourself. I mean, I feel for the guy. I really do because this sucks right yeah. here what happened. Okay. But this could have been avoided and I still I own rental properties and I love real estate and this could have been avoided. And here's some tips. So we'll go through his tips and then we'll give you some other ones. The other tip I think I reading between the lines from our conversation here, he says only buy houses and neighborhoods in which you want to live. I think that's a little extreme because I wouldn't necessarily want to live in some of the areas I own rental properties or maybe even those neighborhoods, but it doesn't mean they're not safe, good neighborhoods. I think he probably took it to that extreme because of his experience, right? That he probably yeah. bought in poor neighborhoods. So his way of rectifying that is, oh, I'm only going to buy, you know, A-class properties, which well, I don't no, feel he, like is necessary. Let's be clear. He bought in war zones. And when you buy in a war zone, no one wants to live. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I think what he means is buy in neighborhoods that you would be okay living in. Like, I, yeah. you know, because my standard of living now, I wouldn't want to live in any of the neighborhoods where I own rental properties. Yeah. I choose not to want to live there. That that's not that I wouldn't. If I yeah. lost everything and I had to start all over again, I would live in any of the neighborhoods where I own rental properties. I just wouldn't choose to right now. Yeah. So some people would read this and I agree with you, Heather. They would say, oh, well, okay. Then I guess I have to buy at my level. Well, yeah. no, you don't. As a matter of fact, if I buy at my level right now, I'm going to just lose money because I can't, <laughs> I can't rent it out for enough money. To exactly. Cover, right. Does it yeah. cash flow? Not to mention yeah. if you buy in areas that where you would live close to where you are, well, like half the country and more than that of the population is out. They're just out because they can't do it. There's no way to make it work financially. Numbers don't work. Exactly. But he does give some really good suggestions. One that you said earlier, join a real estate investment group, mm -hmm. seek out some mentors, talk to people in the industry and start to really educate yourself on what's going on. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I mean, that's obviously a fantastic thing to do. Yeah. And start slow. That's something mm -hmm. we tell people all the time that I think throws them off when they come to us and we sell rental 
rental properties and we tell them, you know what, why don't you just buy, unless there's a different circumstance where they have a tax issue, they're trying to save. I mean, we just helped someone last year that bought, gosh, a few dozen doors at one yeah, time really quickly. So, but that was also to turn around a tax, a bad tax situation. So normally we're telling people, why don't you just dip your toe in? See if you like it. See if it's mm -hmm. a good fit for you. Don't go crazy right out of the gate. You may hate it. I tell people that all the time. You may hate this. I love it, but you may hate it because we're not the same person. And we um, know that because we have had <laughs> clients who literally hate it. Yeah. <laughs> they literally yeah. hate it. Like if they had to get on the phone and do that call I was just telling you about, they would prefer to like poke their eyeballs yeah. out. And for those people, this is not the right gig. Mm -hmm. It just isn't. It's not for everybody. And we understand that. That's cool. Yep. But you find that out with one house, not five. And you find that out with a property management company. And so you're not working 20 hours a week, way better, way better mm -hmm. education process than what this guy did. He also says to be, be extremely conservative when estimating your cost before you buy a property. I agree 100%. You should know what maintenance costs. You should know what management fees are typical. He says it's okay to manage your own properties and do the maintenance yourself. Actually, no, I completely disagree with that. <laughs> Me too. But he did say estimate the costs into your initial plan just in case you need to pay them out. Well, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because at some point you may want to retire or not have to work the 20 hours a week. And mm -hmm. if you didn't figure that into your numbers, well, now you can't hire anybody, which is what this guy having struggle with. And then you really end up hating your properties. If you're the person who has to go out there 20 hours after you've already worked 40 or 50 hours, I could see why anyone would hate real estate after that. So yes. from the get-go, hire a good management company. I think our setup too is just really passive. Our focus is we want to make this as passive as possible through the purchase part of it through the ownership part of it. That is our goal. And this guy, it sounds like that maybe wasn't his goal either, right? That it's passive. So a lot of people I think have a misconception that if you do it yourself, that especially in an area local to where you live, then you can do better than if you buy remotely and have a property manager. And at least for where I live, that's not the case. You nope. can't. Nope. In addition to that, you end up hating it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've joked about this before on the show, but management is literally, it's the worst, most thankless job on the mm -hmm. planet. You can't make anybody happy. Yeah. And if you're really good, you can, but 98% of the population was not cut out to do that job. Mm -hmm. And you probably weren't. I know I'm not. You know, one more thing he says here that I think is bears us talking about is financing. He says, look, it can be your friend because you can boost your returns. But this guy got in trouble. I mean, he talks about, hey, listen, you should at least try paying 20% of the purchase price. Well, that's the only thing you can do now. It was <laughs> yeah. only back during the psychotic time when he bought properties that you could actually get cash at closing with no job. I mean, it's nuts what they were allowing people to do. This guy got caught up doing things wrong with probably mortgages that he shouldn't have had. Man, it's really too bad, but good for him for not giving up. He learned his lessons. He moved yeah. on and he still owns rental properties. Now, it sounds like that he's figured some things out and that he probably doesn't manage his own properties anymore. Good for him or not. But there are ways to make this more passive. You can't eliminate checking your bank account, talking to your management company and some things like that. But you do not have to do what this guy did. So 100%. you can have a great experience out of the gate. You don't have to. And then occasionally you're going to buy a property. It just turns out to be a dog. It just does. It happens. It's happened to me. It happens to everybody eventually if you own real estate. And at that point, 
if you've purchased the property okay, you've managed it well through your property management company and it hasn't completely taken all of your time and effort and didn't spend your last dime buying it, you're probably still okay. You can sell it, get rid of it, move on, take your money and invest it somewhere else because that exactly. does happen. The get it does. Real, right? It does. Exactly. <laughs> and we've and sold it, properties, guys, that were on the same street and one of them two or three properties, the other two rent fine. And the other one just sits there. It's the exact same house. Yep. Same floor um, plan, same property same management manager. company, <laughs> right? No rhyme or reason for it. <laughs> and they have to lower their rent where the other two didn't. I don't know. Sometimes there's just no rhyme or reason. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that happens with our larger properties too. But guys, name of the game is to get the right people on your team and to have a team. Mm -hmm. You try to do things by yourself, you know, just so you can save a buck, man, it makes a whole lot more work. You're just trading guys. hours feel, for dollars Yeah. at that just, point. All <laughs> he did was get a second job yeah. that ultimately didn't pay very well. And I feel bad <laughs> for him, right? He right. paid them money. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> so real estate can be really good, but you do have to learn and you do have to do things right and you should use professionals. So that's really what we wanted to share with you guys today. Again, sorry for the delay. If you want to join our Facebook class this week, let us know. Oh, sorry. yeah. Yeah, you should. Man, how can they find it? Yeah, have them email us. Yeah, um, email us at invest at rpcinvest.com. And I can't believe I remember that. And you did. I yeah, feel like Vanna White. We'll send you a link and you can join the group. We did two sessions today, but both of those videos will be up. And by the time you hear this, so there'll probably be another one up, but they're all in the group. And then the rest of them you can attend live. It'll be great. Great to have you. It's called Cash Flow Property Challenge. Cash flow is one word. So you can see. All right, everybody. Right. Listen, it's really, really important. Do things the right way, but you got to go out and do something, right? And so as we always say here, till next time, get out there and make something happen. Do it. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.